or elite eye care. Matt Nafe, the Cubs today hosting the Giants with Jordan Hicks looking to improve to 3-0. and Cubs begin the day two and a half games behind the division leading Brewers. Status of Travis Kelsey remains uncertain for the Chiefs season opener tomorrow night when they host the Lions. DraftKings line has the Chiefs favored by four and a half. Men's top seed Carlos Alcaraz continues his quest to repeat his U.S. Open champion tonight when he faces 12th seeded Alexander Zverev in the semifinals. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. All right, hour number two. Welcome back, Miller and Con, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, we'll head to Chicago, catch up with David Kaplan, Cubs-Giants this afternoon. Cubbies going for the sweep in that one. They are three games ahead of the third-place uh, team of the wild card entering play today. Let's talk Hawks, shall we? Scott Dockerman covers them uh, and the Big Ten for The Athletic, uh, and he joins us. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are things, Scott Dockerman? Perfect. It's a beautiful day. You're finally in fall. So I am absolutely loving it. You, you and like me both. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was fun to discuss and opine and speculate, but it's uh, it's also good to have some games that we can fall back on. So let's fall back on the quarterback position. You guys talked to Cade McNamara yesterday. It seems, Doc, that... Um, like I'm not a doctor, and I don't know how long this thing is going to linger. But I don't. I'm not certain that this is just automatically going to go away. Um, you know, anytime soon. Seems like this could be something that you know, sadly, is is part of the 2023 Hawkeye football season. Uh, he's limited at best. Would you say the fact that they, you know, can't uh, they got to limit so many uh, eliminate rather uh, so many plays from that offensive uh, playbook uh, just because the quarterback's mobility is in question. Absolutely, and I think that's going to be a challenge for them, as you said, for quite a while. I think it's going to be an issue for them uh, with it when it comes to whether it's bootlegs, rollouts, even scrambling in the pocket, moving his feet, and just getting out of sack range. And he didn't really have to worry too much about it. He did get hit a few times. He got sacked once, and that was a mistake by a running back. But um, But by and large, he's going to get a lot more pressure this week. And uh, I think we're going to see, you know, really test how Iowa's offensive line can handle some of the pass blocking. And he's going to be tested a lot as far as his lateral movements. And and I don't know when this is going to get better, if it does get better. It could be a, a situation where it lingers the entire year. I don't really know. I mean, I guess, you know, I don't have his pain threshold, and I don't really understand it. So I think it's going to be up to – but it is going to be a factor. And it's probably going to be a factor for at least several more weeks. Now, speaking of that pain threshold, this is a guy that's played with injury a lot throughout his career and certainly feels like something that's going to be lingering throughout the course of the season. You mentioned the offensive line. Pass blocking was good. Run blocking, not so much. Is this another year where Ference is tinkering up front, trying to find the right combination after two years of just awful offensive line play? How concerned were you that Iowa was not able to run the football effectively last Saturday? At first glance, I was probably like everybody else and thought, oh my God, you know, what's going to happen here? Why, why can't they run the ball? What's, and, uh, but after looking at it again and, uh, it, it still concluding it was awful, <laughs> but I also thought, unlike last year where it was like hopeless from week one <laughs> and you thought, okay, this, they're, they're real trouble here. Um, I did watch it again and I thought a lot of these mistakes are correctable. They, they ran a lot more gap than usual. Usually they run zone. And uh, there were a lot of guys just missing uh, 
you know, guys to block. And I, and I think that those are correctable mistakes. So I'm sure it wasn't a fun film session for them, but they are. And, and I'm not so sure this is going to be an easy week to, to make those corrections, but overall I, I, I looked at it and I thought, okay, they're in a better spot than they were last year. But uh, they also have to grow up in a, in a hurry. Uh, Higgins was a tackling machine on uh, on Saturday. Um, I mean, uh, he, he was he was terrific, uh, taking over for Jack Campbell's now and starting uh, tomorrow night against the defending Super Bowl champs. Hayden uh, uh, Higgins rather was terrific. Nick Jackson, Doc. I think if you look closer, there's a reason that maybe the numbers that many were expected see that as high number of tackles uh, weren't uh, weren't there. He was asked to do maybe some things that he wasn't asked to do uh in the past well of course i mean you look at the style of play and that's not conducive to be a weak side linebacker i mean you're basically another safety when you're playing that type of a game and so it's really going to be difficult for him to to cover the field i mean in, in a traditional game you know like this week or against some of the big 10 teams most of them he's going to be in the box a lot more and he's going to be taking on blocks and he's going to be able to, to wrap up ball carriers but but the game that Utah State plays, it kind of negates that need almost for, for a second linebacker when you're playing Iowa style. And, uh, you know, so his statistics weren't there. He was all over the place. And his strengths weren't real, weren't showcased enough. And, and there were some times Iowa did play some dime coverage um, later on, and I think that was probably better to have somebody maybe a little faster on the field, but I, I'm not concerned with him at all. He's he's a good player, and uh, you know this week he'll get a little bit more of a test of in you know going against some tight ends, <laughs> going against mm-hmm. some running some downhill running schemes, and so I think he'll uh, he'll showcase his abilities more this week. You know, Doc, turnovers have dictated this matchup uh, really throughout the the years, and Iowa has dominated that fashion here as of late. Plus minus in the turnover. Like you look at a football box score, you go right there. It's usually going to paint a pretty good picture of how the game played out here. The importance this week for Iowa to stay on that positive side. Can they win this game with a negative turnover dif- differential? Yeah, but it'll be difficult. Um, I, I think you know the, the, what we look at on the other side is what can Iowa State do against Iowa's defense, and I would suggest not a whole lot. I think that they're they're going to struggle themselves quite a bit. But what you want to do if you're Iowa is you don't want to give them any easy scoring opportunities. And that is going to be really uh, challenging for Iowa to, to continue to stay ahead of in the plus-minus as they have in the past. And and uh, so if they're minus one, even minus two, could they win? Yes, but it's going to be really close and really tight if they do that and probably a loss. So I think in, in many cases what you – got to do is if you're going to do that do it in a a position where it's not going to kill you right away it's not going to cost you points and it's not going to give them points immediately Um, but of course nobody ever picks you know has a chance to pick where you're going to have your turnovers so um, I do think that overall that that's going to be a major factor in deciding who wins this game yeah I think I I think it is as well um Doc, is was there a you know somebody that didn't get a lot of headlines, accolades after the game? Was there a Hawkeye that stood out to you that maybe didn't get is is kind of flying under the radar from week oh, one? Yeah, um, I really liked the way Deshaun Lee played um, stepping in. Yep. He's the starter again this week, and then and then pro- you know then it's hard to say. You know, if he plays a good game, you know, it could be between him and Jamari Harris mm-hmm. for that uh, opposite corner spot. I thought he played really well. Um, 
you know, was uh, they attacked him several times, and mm-hmm. he, he was up to the challenge. And we'll see a little bit more this weekend against a you know a little bit better, I think, receiving core. But uh, you know, I thought. Uh, How about Weijin? So oh yeah, I mean, you know, stepping in, you know, he was a guy that was really overlooked, and uh-huh. and I think yeah, if he was a punt returner. If, if they didn't have Cooper DeGene, he'd be a really good punt returner for them. And um, But, you know, being able to run those jet sweeps, that's something we expected Caleb Brown to do. But Caleb Weijin is, uh, is, is uh, you know, very quick. He's one of the fastest players on the team. So I think it's going to be um, – he's going to be a really important piece to this roster uh, throughout. And, yeah, he did – he actually scored on that play. And I don't know why they didn't get reviewed, but um, the one that, that uh, Caleb Johnson ended up scoring on. So – uh, unfortunate for him that Caden Weijin is uh, without a touchdown. Doc, uh, part of your lead in one of your articles uh, after the game was about Cooper DeGene lining up back behind the quarterback mm. when they went to victory formation. I'm sure your mind raced a little bit there. What could be up there, not for a kneel-down situation at the end of a ball game, but maybe an end of a first half. We've seen Iowa try to do some tricky things there before. You think something's in the works? Oh, absolutely. I think they're, he's going to have a double reverse pass and he's going <laughs> to hike it and it's going to go all the way down the field for a touchdown against Wisconsin at some point. No, I don't know. I, I just know when the situation arose, there's three seconds left. Uh, Iowa has 24 points. We know how 25 is super important. Yeah. And then Cooper DeGene is going into the game. I'm standing there watching and I'm going, Oh, if I knew, if I knew that this wasn't going to be a kneel, this would be great. <laughs> you know, but but uh, no, it it would be fun. I think uh, Hawkeye Nation would uh, be jumping up and down, especially on the message boards, if uh, Cooper DeGene was on the play for on the field for any offensive snap that where the ball didn't just go straight to the the knee. Doc, I know you're busy obviously uh, uh, covering the game uh, but were there any anything from the Big Ten, the Big Ten West in particular that stood out from week one to you? Uh, in, uh, well, you know, watching Illinois I thought it would be a close game and it was mm-hmm. I was surprised it was as close as it, as it was I mean, two point win, I thought they uh, they actually um, could have, maybe should have lost but there really wasn't much of a surprise um, the Nebraska-Minnesota um, game um, you know, same old song and dance for the Huskers. I mean, they continue to find ways to lose. And, and Northwestern may have played better against Rutgers on the road than I expected them to, but mm-hmm. that's going to be a tough season for them. And then, you know, things, you know, were up and down for Wisconsin in their first game. Yep. Uh, they, you know, and they played well in the second half. So, frankly, it, it all kind of went to, you know, went down the middle for me when it came to the Big Ten West. I didn't see anything that surprised me. And then, and then on the eastern side, you know, uh, James Franklin's making people mad. That's not really unusual. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but Ohio State scoring only 23 points was unusual. Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, you'll see a, probably a bigger, better effort out of the Buckeyes coming up this week. We know Iowa State defensively is going to be really good. When you look at the matchup, short of what Haycock does seemingly every single year and every single game, what else concerns you most when you look at the matchup from a Hawkeye perspective? What poses the biggest risk for Iowa? It's Well, it's going to be turnovers ultimately, but I think what really is the problem for Iowa in this matchup is when you look at the secondary, it's just one of the two or three best that I've seen on video yet this year with Penn State and Iowa. And if Iowa's receivers do not are not engaged, if they're not – either stretching the field, doesn't mean they have to get the ball, but if they're not stretching the field or if they're not making receptions, then Iowa State can sell out and stop the run and or the tight end. 
and then it could be a real grind and a slugfest. And when you're playing on the road, and I know that they've had a lot of success with Jack Price, but when you're playing on the road against a motivated opponent, and then it means you really can't have any mistakes. You can't have a stupid block punt like they did last week or a bad pass or just something irregular, and it can beat you. So to me, I think it's about the wide receivers being able to to do something against some really talented defensive backs. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see how the Hawkeyes offensive line handle that front six or so of, of the Cyclones because that's going to be a, a big part, too, because if Iowa can run, then it negates a lot of the, the need to, to stretch the field. But um, based on what we saw on Saturday and, and what we know about Iowa State, I think it's going to be a struggle because Hecox defense is terrific and, and the players looked, uh, they looked apart against mm-hmm. you and I. Uh, Luke Lachey, a big game right out of the shoot, not unexpected by any means. Um, boy, the, the, the tight end room and the tight ends that this uh, university's produced, seemingly, we thought that, you know, we've seen enough of him to realize he's going to have a, a, a big opportunity to play on Sundays. But boy, oh boy, Doc, he certainly looks the part, doesn't he? And if, I mean, he's, he's clearly used the offseason to uh, define himself and even maybe even be better than last year. Sure, and he is. He's and he's a different kind of Iowa tight end. We haven't really seen one that kind of fits his dimensions and his athletic ability. That kind of had that total package. I mean, he's kind of more like a uh, uh, Mike Gesicki or Pat Fryermuth as opposed to some of the others that have come here. And you know, he's now big enough and he's strong enough um, physically to handle what what you need him to do to be a full service tight end. But then he's also got some real athletic ability and. Uh, other than one drop pass, which I'm sure just right. grinds at him because yeah. that would have been a touchdown. Um, you know, he could have, he had one of the better openers we've seen. And when you combine him and Eric Hall, there's a reason why Iowa went too tight or at least two tight ends, 72% of its plays because those two players are guys you just do not want to take off the field. So listening to Kurt, now I just read the transcript. I didn't have a chance to listen yesterday. Seemed a little salty. Uh, the Trump question came up. He was very quick to dismiss that one and move on. He was asked about next victory would be number 200. Wanted to move on from that. Is it is it rivalry week, Kirk? Is that what we got yesterday? Hmm. No, it wasn't quite the same as as some of those. I mean, he was he was pretty open and engaging. But I think uh, when, whenever you have a political figure, um, you know, no matter what side of the aisle it is, uh, coaches and Kirk in particular isn't exactly thrilled about that because it's just a distraction and then it throws a level of security and other mm-hmm. things in there that that makes it difficult for the team and and so I don't think he was <laughs> he was overjoyed with that thought and it just popped right there at that time too and then uh, but then the uh, you know when it comes to win number two hundred he's never been a guy that's really focused on his own. measurements and accolades and and i've got a story coming out tomorrow about this and just you know it is a big deal i mean it'll be the 27th coach um in division one football with with 200 wins or major college football with 200 wins and and so it it is a major accomplishment but he's never been that kind of a look at me look what i've accomplished guy and so he doesn't like to talk about it other people do but and uh, i i just he wasn't. He wasn't really salty yesterday. He'll he'll get there at some point. <laughs> he wasn't quite there, there. Scott Doctorman from the Athletic Doc. We we'll look forward to that piece tomorrow at the Athletic. Appreciate it. Anything else, Doc? You'd like to promote uh, that you got coming up? Yeah, I got on the side. I've got uh, Kirk Ferentz's, uh 
I, I selected an all Ferentz team and the top 10 games and uh, wins in his uh, tenure at Iowa. So I'm sure there'll be some – everybody will take it and agree wholeheartedly with all <laughs> Oh, <selections>. sure. So. <laughs> uh, did the Penn well, State 6-4 game make it? I mean, he loved it. He loved it. Did it make it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That made it. That's – yeah, that's that's one that I'm sure a lot of people you know have made fun of, but it's also kind of uh, emblematic of uh, the tenure there. I, I yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll never forget the game, and then what I have uh, following the the interview on field afterwards, yeah. obviously with his uh, with his father uh, passing, that was uh, clearly emotional and understandably so. Doc, thank you. We will uh, talk with you next Monday to recap it. Thank you for what you do for us, Scott Dockerman. Really appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, you too. Scott Docterman uh, from The Athletic as we take a look at the Hawkeyes uh, with Doc. Nick Olson was uh, in our number one. If you missed it, you can always jump on and find the podcast. Good stuff out of Doc as always. Off to Chicago we shall go. We'll pick Cappy's brain on what he expects from those Bears uh, as we continue on. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.9. So good. Joined by Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite I care. It's football season. Concussions always a big topic. This year, two to three million sports-related concussions will occur, and about half of those go unreported. Two out of every ten high school students will suffer a concussion. The most important part is following through with your doctor, but the recommendations are different than they used to be. At Elite Eye Care, we can diagnose and treat the post-concussion visual symptoms that typically exist. That's Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care, with locations in Waukee, two in Ankeny, and the newest location in Norwalk. For... Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free to have dinner with your family every night. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse. Golf today. The time is now to schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. Schedule your vasectomy around a big football weekend and recover on your couch or chair while watching football all weekend long. The Urology Center of Iowa offers no scalpel vasectomies. And now for your follow-up checkup, you don't even have to go back to the office. Post-procedure, send it in. Set up your vasectomy appointment at 515-400-3550. That's 400 400- 3550 or online ah. Come on Welcome back Miller and Condon Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX and O Centurion Stone of Iowa Centurion Stone of Iowa.com uh, sponsor our weekly conversations with our buddy David Kaplan. Let's head to Chicago. While he's still there, he's headed to Tahoe uh, f- uh, tomorrow. Uh, it'll be fun. It's a beautiful place. You've been there before, Cap? No, never been. And my stepson is getting married in October. And he was at the house 
I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago, hey, do you want to go to my bachelor party? Uh, yeah, I'd be honored. <laughs> and bingo, I am going with them tomorrow. Oh, that that's awesome. Hey, before we uh, before we get into it, I, I guess just because I had no idea what it's like to have a dog until we got Jet a year ago, um, I saw you you had one of yours pass. I, I can't imagine what that day is going to be like, Cap. I, I truly can't. Um, but if your own if your own dogs, you know, I guess, and I didn't until Jet, and thankfully he's healthy. But my God, it had to be just uh, just devastating for you. It's the freaking worst. Thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, I was on the air last Thursday. And, I mean, I'm not naive. He was going to be 16 in December, but he was actually doing pretty well. And my wife texts me while I'm on the air. I don't see the text for, like, 45 minutes. It says, Yoshi had a seizure, and I thought he was dead, but he's actually doing better now. He's sitting up, and but he's not moving. So everyone's like, do you want to leave the show? No, I'm not going to leave the show. I finished the show, race home. I get him up, I get him outside, I bring him in, we get an appointment at the vet, we'll scoop him up, and he had, it turned out it was a heart attack. He has a heart attack in my arms. Mm. And make a long story short, he had three of them within an hour, and the doctor said, nothing we can do. Yeah. And they put him down and cried my eyes out. Yeah. And it's brutal. Brutal. I have two other dogs, <laughs> they're off the but I had a great bond with that one. Yeah, wow, it's unbelievable. I, I had no idea. Anyways, let's get uh, let's get the sports and get my mind off what's coming down the road in years, hopefully away. Because I hate thinking about it. I truly do. So, Cap, let's talk about those Cubs. They are so much fun to watch. And I saw you uh, and your partner Jonathan Hood to talk about the no shot uh, about the World Series. Should we start thinking about them as a true World Series contender? And you're right about the pitching staff uh, on both the relievers and the starters, although they they've got contributions that you know not very. Very many people saw coming from some of the names that they've done, but boy, they're fun to watch. Cap and they're going to make uh, the postseason in all likelihood. And last night was just another fun night. I'm guessing to be at Wrigley Field to be watching on TV. Yeah, it was it was an incredible night at Wrigley. Um, you know, you're down one pitch in, you're down one nothing, then it's two nothing, then right. it's three nothing yeah. after three, and then they come roaring back. Then they're down six four, and say a Suzuki, who I've been saying to you guys for three months. Mm-hmm. That guy might be the most talented hitter on their team. And when I was at the Cubs game against Boston, I was right after the All-Star break. Uh, I remember I was on the field, and I am asking different players, who's the best hitter on the team? And I had three different guys say to me, you guys all think it's Bellinger, and he's great. The most talented hitter we have is Say Suzuki. Mm-hmm. He's just got to figure it out. And lately, the last yeah. 35, 40 days, he's figured it out. One of the guys that we're waiting to see a little bit more is Alexander Canero, a guy that certainly has a whole lot of upside now. But, you know, it's funny. I was reading one of those think pieces, you know, why he should be out there a whole lot more and things like that. Fair to get in the playoffs. This team's talking about September and October in important baseball here. It's not about the young guys right now. It's about winning games. Yep. Correct. This is not a – we're not in the development stage. Right. Or, Ooh, we got to get this kid in at bat. Some of the stupidest stuff about social media, you know, why is David Ross using this guy? Well, because it's got two other guys that have pitched like four out of five days and they're not available. David Ross, why did you do that? Why didn't you let Canario back? Hey, man, they're 11 games over 500 
Not one of those people on social media thought that was going to happen. So I think it's time we give the manager some credit. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm you know me. You watch the recaps on YouTube. I'll be the first guy to criticize a manager if I don't like a move. But I'm not criticizing he's an idiot. No, it's that move we discussed. There's a big difference. And I think he's done a magnificent job with this team. Cap, uh, we we talked. To our, I brought up some of the guys in the rotation uh, that they're making huge impacts we didn't see coming, or in the bullpen. Likewise, you know, and I brought this up with Matt Snyder from CBS Sports, a Chicago guy. We talked to him in the first hour of the program. Um, I when when Jan Gomes came over to the Cubs, uh, I, I guess uh, to be you know to take the majority of the um, games behind the plate for for Contreras. I thought, God, that's the best that they can do, Cappy. He's not a superstar by any means. He's long in the tooth, but he has been a huge contributor to this ball club, both calling, you know, calling strikes or calling pitches behind the plate, uh, and and coming up with some huge hits. Yeah, he's. I remember the day they signed Jan Gomes to this deal. I texted Wilson Contreras from the studio in the morning. I get a tip: Cubs are going to sign uh, Jan Gomes to this two-year deal. I want to say for $13 million with an option year. And I text him, and I get back, nice knowing you with an airplane emoji. I'll be traded. And sure enough, mm. he didn't get traded, but he was gone. And he knew Jan Gomes was coming in to take his job, and he did just that. Is Jan Gomes as impactful an offensive player year by year? Probably not, but he's probably a better – he's certainly a better framer. He's a better caller of a game – and he just fit better. It was Wilson needed a fresh start, and the Cubs wanted a fresh start. And Jan Gomes has been nothing short of a great fit in that room. You mentioned Suzuki and how he's heating up. Bellinger has been just a, a great player since the All-Star break. Almost flying under the re- radar, though, has been what Ian Happ has been up there doing. He's showing the pop, doing the things, and he's kind of developed into the guy maybe we all hope for at this point in time. Just a real good, solid veteran. Yeah, and the fun, there's another one that people, why is David Ross batting him in the three-hole? And I tweeted, if you go back through my timeline over the last few days, you compare his analytic numbers from last year when he's an all-star and a gold glover to this year, almost every category he's either at or better this year with the exception of batting average and the old stick in the mud. So he's only hitting two forty nine. The Cubs don't look at batting average. They really don't. They don't look at pitcher wins. You know, I was arguing with my wife the other day, who I love dearly and is a huge baseball fan. We met at Wrigley. But she's like, well, that, look at that guy's wins. I said, hon, nobody cares about wins. What if you pitch eight shutout innings and you're winning one nothing, and they blow the game and you don't get the win? Look at the analytic numbers and tell me that guy's not a good player. Ian Happ is a winning baseball player. Mm. Cap, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Bears. It's the Packers and the Bears at the uh, former uh, home uh, that Aaron Rodgers used to, to used to own, uh, Soldier Field. Of course, uh, it's going to be a different quarterback under center for the Packers. I think Jordan Love's maybe going to exceed expectations. Will the Bears exceed your season expectations? What do you What do you think you're going to see in 2023 Chicago Bears? Six or seven wins is where I have them. Now, if they get great health, could they get to eight? I guess. they have bad health, could they be at five? Maybe. I think they're a markedly better roster. I still question their ability to stop the run. I'm not convinced their wide receiver room is deep enough. I love D.J. Moore. Justin's got to prove to me he can go through his progressions. 
and get the ball out of his hands in, in two and a half, two, two and three quarter seconds. He held it longer than anybody in the league last year at three and a half. So there are questions in the offensive line. Nate Davis has barely practiced. He says he'll be ready. Okay, I, you got to show me because there are a lot of questions about this team. Again, I think the roster is deeper and much more talented, but I think I don't see this 9, 10, 11 win prognostication that Kyle Brandt and some of these others have. How ugly is it going to be if Jordan Love comes in there, goes 18 to 24, throws for 280 and three touchdowns, and the Packers win it 31 14? How ugly is it going to be in Chicago come Monday on Sports Talk Radio? Yikes. Okay, so I had Rob Domofsky on today, who's an Mm -hmm. awesome guest. He's covered the Packers for 28 seasons. Good friend of mine. Love him. He's from Chicago originally in Arlington Heights. And I said, okay, Rob, so you had Favre to Rodgers, and now this guy sat for three years like Aaron did. Tell me about Jordan Love. Can he be the next one? And I fully expected after talking to Rob back in, like, June before training camp, May, he's like, I don't know. I I haven't seen it. I'm not sure. Maybe a placeholder. They signed him to a two-year deal. And then this morning he said, Cap, they might have gotten this right. He said the first (laughs) weeks of camp, he was good practice, bad practice. Eh, eh, didn't expect it. He goes, then like the middle of week two, he said like a switch was flipped. He said he's got to be better on the deep ball. They might have gotten this right, and he might be the next really good one. So that made me puke. Yeah, Yeah, same. (laughs) I was looking at the soundboard looking for a puke sound. God. Uh, brutal, brutal if that happens. Yeah, indeed it will. Well, you know, what's another 15 years? Oh, uh, no, no, no. What about Fields, Cap? What's a successful season for Justin Fields look like? He gets through his progressions, and he's able to stand in the freaking pocket and go, read, read, bam, there's my open receiver. Because do you guys follow J.T. O'Sullivan on YouTube and Twitter? Mm-mm. You've got to follow J.T. O'Sullivan. He does quarterback breakdowns. Go back to the one he did after the last preseason game, we played the audio on the air. It's awesome. Your audience will love it. Where he said, I'm a Justin Fields fan. My man, what are we doing here? It doesn't get any more open than that in an NFL game. You've got to throw the football here. He was very critical of Justin in the Buffalo game. So those are things that all give me pause. Cap, enjoy uh, Tahoe. Appreciate you coming on as always. Have fun. We will uh, talk to you uh, next Wednesday, Capper. Thank you, buddy. I look forward to it. Have a great day. Enjoy the first week. Indeed we will. Thanks, Cap. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan uh, joining us, our buddy from Chicago, Centurion Stone of Iowa. They sponsor the Capman each and every week, centurionstoneofiowa.com. We'll take a time out, come back, tell you more about them. Trends plays of the day are coming up uh, as well, Circus Sports sponsor those. Have you figured out your survivor pick for the Circa contest? Uh, not officially. I have not. Where put it are you in. leaning? Leaning Vikings. Over Tampa? Over Tampa. Baker Mayfield doesn't scare you? <laughs> no. Famous last words. Thousand dollars down <laughs> the drain. Right. Famous. And out in week number one. <laughs> I made it to October last year. You did. We just just keep inching forward. Find a way. I've got the path a little bit. I've, yeah. I started to look forward to the Did Thanksgiving, at least have a general idea, not going too far. Mm-hmm. You know, 
listening to all the theories, and we talked to Derek they Stevens. They make me more confused, Trent. I'm kind of the same way. Mike Palm, Gil Alexander does a great job on yeah. Beeson. He talks about this a ton. And yes, it's a survivor contest, but you have to win it. Right. You have to win it. So it can't just be surviving week to week because you do have to look ahead. Mm-hmm. You have to map this out a little bit because if you get to Thanksgiving and you're out of teams or you're using a team right. that's a double-digit underdog, you're in deep trouble. Just such a fun way to do it. And there's an interesting theory also out there with Circa Survivor. I know there's still people that are heading out this weekend. You can still sign up if you get out to Circa before Saturday. People watching the game tonight and maybe... Tomorrow. Or tomorrow, yeah. And they're, they have their entries. Say they have five. And just take the Lions in this game. Mm-hmm. And then if you get it, good. If you don't... You can get back in. Get back in. Yeah. This and, is the only week you can do that. Right. And wait, Or the only game you could yes. do that. So going that route, and I, I think it's not a bad idea, right, to go that direction. And and if you have an extra $5,000. Right, right. And we're talking about some whales that would be doing sure. this. Not everyday Joes like you and I. It's right. a different kind of people, but that's not a bad theory. And do you get to a point with the 10 entries now where... You're just playing against yourself. I mean, with that many, mm-hmm. yeah, you have more outs, but how much ultimately is the upside to having that many more entries? We're leaning commanders over Arizona. I know you are. Uh, we're leaning Baltimore over Houston, but I really don't want to use the Ravens this early because mm-hmm. once you use them, you can't use them again. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a tough contest. It makes you think it's frustrating as hell, but the pot of gold at the end of that oh, rainbow, oh, oh. if you could only get a sniff. Could you imagine no, I if one of us gets there? No, because the, the, the pressure, the sweat would be like mm-hmm. we've never experienced before. And there's no doubt. Oh, my God. I don't know if I could watch the game. Thanksgiving, Packers at Lions. Uh, I'm have a coin flip. Commanders at Cowboys. Okay, I think Dallas, but I think the Commanders are way better. And 49ers at Seahawks. Oh, my God. That's Thanksgiving. Plus, you get the Dolphins at the Jets. That's a toss-up game. Yeah. yeah. That's a complete toss When is that? Oh, that's the Friday that's game. That's the Black Friday game. Forgot about there's a Black Friday mm-hmm. game. So you year. do get an extra game this year but for Thanksgiving. But still, look at the slate. I I guess. And when I started gonna to map be it the, out. What's going to be the biggest point? Will there be a team favored by a touchdown? No. Dallas would probably be, if the commanders are better like we think they're going to be, five and a half. Six? Yeah. Right in that range. Yeah. You don't have a touchdown. Holy but the matter. Cowboys are the team that I want to hold back on. So when the Cowboys early this season, and I like them like you do, well, they go to the Cardinals in week three. That would be one. They'd love to play it. Not going to do it, though, are you? They play the Rams at home in late October. Love to use them. Can't. Can't. That's what this contest does to you. Oh, it's awesome. It really is. We'll take a time out. Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports sponsor those. They're next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Walmart today. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515-225-225. 8866 for a free estimate or go online at Wolf Roof. Heather sent you in. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. 
right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call one 800 you. Joined today by Dr. McGee from Elite Eye Care. At Elite Eye Care, we specialize in primary care, and we also offer vision therapy, which can include sports vision. For athletes, we offer sports vision therapy, where we work on eye movements, eye-hand coordination, reaction time, and all sorts of other visual skills that are excellent for any sports. Schedule your appointment today at Elite Eye Care. Online eyedoctordemoines.com, and now four locations. Waukee. Two in Ankeny and Norwalk. 100 bets off. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Before that, CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Uh, Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. If you have a project inside or outside, visit the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Uh, tomorrow, Stephen M. Sipple. I love talking to Sip. This week might be my favorite mm-hmm. week. Uh, looking for Other than Iowa-Nebraska week. Nebraska-Colorado, what a blank show that's going to be. Uh, Trent, let's make some plays. Who are you betting today or tonight in baseball? baseball? I have sucked lately. Down 12 units on the month. It has been ugly. 0-3 last night, but we go right back to the well again. Four plays in baseball, including your Blue Jays. Just minus 165 against Oakland. Kind of weird with the Ryu on the mound. And that one struck me as odd. I'm also going to lay it with Philadelphia with Wheeler on the bump. Minus 110 at San Diego coming up this afternoon. Give me the Reds and the plus money, plus 150. I wrap it up with another favorite. I got to try something different. Underdogs aren't working. Give me Baltimore, minus 136. Verlander Scherzer tonight. Ooh. Astros Rangers. I think that's where I'll be with the Cubs playing this afternoon. I wish they were batting. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh-huh. That would be good. Uh, but they're not. Uh, Murph and Andy, uh, they'll be coming your way in five minutes. Of course, the drive with Heather and Sean today, as always, 3 to 6. And your day starts, local programming-wise, anyway, 6 to 8 with the Morning Rush. Miller and Condon weekdays, 11 to 1. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN.